Well, hello everyone and happy Father's Day. It's great to be here on Father's Day. But I think it's safe to say that not everybody is over-enthusiastic about Father's Day. For, for many of us, our fathers have been a great disappointment, to say the least. So much so that the Odeon Cinema, which is the largest cinema group in all of Europe, has sent out to its members, and I'm one of their members, they sent me all the latest movies and their special offers. They sent me an email just on Wednesday, and this is what I said. We know that for some, Father's Day can be a sensitive time. So if you would rather not be included in our Father's Day emails this year, please let us know. Isn't that interesting? So even the multinationals know that not everybody had a perfect father. In a book titled God Distorted, it gives us eight images of what earthly fathers are like. And as I read the descriptions, what I want you to do is to think about, first of all, what, what description best fits your dad? And secondly, for the fathers who are listening, what description best fits you? Which is an even more challenging thing to look at. So here they are. I've got eight of them. First of all, the father who wasn't there, known as the absent father. The father who was there, but not there, known as the passive father. The father who expects perfection, the demanding father. The father who rescues, known as the enabling father. The father who is always right, the controlling father. The father who hurts others, known as the abusive father. Then the father who blames, the accusing father. And finally, the father who is good. But can I tell you, good is still not God. So in the Old Testament, the concept of God as father had more to do with corporate Israel than it had to do with an intimate one-on-one relationship. However, in the New Testament, we see that Jesus revealed God with two distinctive words. The first one was the Greek word for pater, P-A-T-E-R. The second is the Aramaic word known as Abba. So when you put the two words together, Jesus revealed his heavenly father as Abba Father. We could translate that like Daddy Father. So it's an intimate image, not a far-off corporate image. It's personal. Matthew 6.19, people asked Jesus, how do we pray? And he said, this is how you pray. Start like this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our heavenly Abba Father who art in heaven. It's very personal, very intimate, and very close. And because of our distorted images of God, we see everything comes through Jesus. But what I want to do is just take a moment or two and look at what does the Scripture say about God as Father. So Ephesians 1, 3-5. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. What a great scripture to have on your fridge. What a great scripture to have on your heart. So the Father is the architect of our salvation. He's already given us every spiritual blessing. He chose us before the creation of the world even began. You and I are not a mistake. 
were not a mere accident. It is not coincidence that we've come to know Jesus as our Lord, our God, and our Savior. We have been chosen holy in his sight. So holiness, oftentimes we think that holiness is something I have to work at, I have to do. No, holiness is the work of God. Holiness is Christ in me, the hope of glory. So to make us so now, we've got to be obedient. You've got to walk in the ways of the Lord. But it's God's work in me. It's not me sitting down because I will fail. I have failed miserably. But in Christ, I will succeed because it is the work of the Father in me. He planned the cross, the solution for our sins, way before the foundations of the earth. So God had a plan. He predestined us to be adopted as sons. And this word predestination simply means to, to fix upon, to decide or decree in advance. It is foreordained. It is established or prearranged unalterably. It is certain to occur. When God said it is, it will be so. So when God saved us and said, I will bring you through to perfection, he will. When God said, I've started the good work and I will bring it to completion, it will. We can rely on his work. We can rely on his sacrifice. We can rely on his sovereignty. It is a work of God. So when God makes a decision, it will happen regardless of circumstances, regardless of how you feel. And according to Romans 8, this is what Paul says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. We are secure today. There's nothing in creation, nothing in the spiritual realm, nothing in our past, our present, or our future. Nothing will separate us from God because there's a work in the Father, and He is yes, and it is amen. It says that He predestined us to be adopted as sons. There's a, a story of a couple who had tried without success to have a baby for years. Eventually, they gave up the idea of becoming pregnant and adopted a little boy. But to their surprise, as we often hear this in the case, they became pregnant just a couple of months later, right? And they had another little baby boy. When the boys were eight and nine years old, respectively, a visitor came to the home and asked the mother which boy was her son. And the mother looked at her and says, well, both of them. But the visitor persisted. And she says, yes, but which boy is adopted? The mother looked the visitor straight in the eye and said, I have forgotten. Wow. See, when we're adopted as God's children, we quickly come to cherish God the Father's forgetfulness because God has decided to remember our sin no more. Imagine he is so powerful and so awesome and so in control that he can decide not to remember something. And he does not remember your sin. He does not remember my sin. He does not remember all of that stuff that we did. But he sees us as children of God, holy before him, cleansed, made perfect. In, in theology, we call that justification, just as if we had never sinned. It is the Father who has qualified us to be part of the kingdom of light. You know, the Father has rescued us from the dominion and the power of the darkness of the kingdom of darkness. 
He, he's totally rescued us from us. Colossians 1.12 says this, And giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Listen to these living, active, breathing words. They're, they're not saying if, when, maybe, depending on the circumstances, the weather, or how you control. There are promises from God our Father. These words are saying, I am saved. I am a child of God. I become a child of light and not a child of darkness. You know, there's people sitting here today. You could be sitting in church. You can be sitting at home. You're sitting here, and the enemy has played tricks on you. He says that there's darkness in you. Well, let me tell you, that is a lie from the pit of hell. There is no darkness in you. That doesn't mean we have not walked back into some dark spaces. That does not mean that we have not always made good decisions. But there is no darkness because God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And we are children of light. We are children of God. There are some other promises then from Matthew and John. Let me read you some of them. Matthew 6 1 says, The Father rewards us. 6 6 says, He listens to our prayers. 6 8, He says, He knows and meets our needs. He is our provider. Matthew 6 9, We are free to call Him Abba, Daddy, Father. 7 11, He says, It gives us good gifts. 10 29, He numbers the very hair on our heads. And for those who have forgotten what it was like, who have no hair, he even remembers the one you used to have. John 15, 2, he disciplines the ones he loves. Luke 6, 36, he's merciful towards us. Luke 12, 32, he gives us the kingdom of God. And Hebrews 4, 12, we have access to his presence at all times. See, these are his promises. These are written with the blood of Christ and sealed and delivered to us. 1 John 3, 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. You can't say that word lavish any other way. He has lavished his love on us. That we should be called what? Children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Of course it doesn't recognize us because it hasn't recognized the Father. And this word lavish, lavished means that God's love is prolific, abundant, liberal, unsparing, unstinted, exuberant, opulent, copious, and bountiful. Amazing. His love is so extravagant. He has lavished. He has poured it out upon us. So this morning, today, wherever you may be, you can say with hand on your heart, I am a child of God. Deuteronomy 10.18 says this, He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among us, giving them food and clothing. So our Father in heaven has a special place in his heart for the fatherless, the widow, and the foreigner. So if your dad is absent because of death or abandonment, your Heavenly Father sees you today. Can you hear me? Your Heavenly Father, he sees you. He's, you're not invisible. He sees you. If you're a widow today, your father, he sees you. If you are a foreigner today, your heavenly father sees you. 
Not only that, but if you are a foreigner and you're part of Open Arms Church, you are no longer a foreigner. You're a part of our family. Welcome home. It also was your Heavenly Father who drew you to Jesus. He saw our pain, our emptiness, our hopelessness, our struggles. And then he began to draw us. He began to draw us gently and gently and gently. You know, began to ask the question about God many, many years before I encountered Jesus. Myself and Sean Duncan, other guys, used to get together and we, we would talk about if there was a God, if he did exist, what would he be like? We talked about all kinds of things. And what I realized looking back, the Father was drawing me. The Father was wooing me. He was setting me up for success. You see, I am a son of Elizabeth and William Booth. I am a son of God as my Abba Father. I am husband to Elizabeth, a father to Sean, a grandfather to Levi, Liam, Isaac, with another on the way. And as I look back over my childhood, I, I, I realize that although I grew up without a dad, I had many fathers. I had a teacher called Mr. Moore who told me that I could do anything. I remember him saying that one day that I would be a confident man flying over his school. I never left Enniscorthy. We were dirt poor. But he put hope and put a picture of the future that he gave me to be raised for and to go after. Another teacher encouraged me to play football. I was never a forward, but I was a really good fullback. I had a boxing coach when I was 12 years old. He told me that I could be a boxer, that I could stand up for myself, that I could stand up against the bullies, that I could hold my head high. And I did. And when I started my apprenticeship as a, a fitter turner, my foreman inspired me to be the best craftsman that I could ever be. So as I look back, right through my life, God had placed men as great examples into my life from early childhood. They taught me how to be a son, how to be a man, how to be a provider, how to be a husband, indeed a father and a grandfather. So I would ask you a question. Who are you a father to? Who are you inputting into? Who's watching you and walking in your footsteps? Because at the age of 33, I, I encountered Jesus. I fell in love with him as my, my Savior and my Lord. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I had this intimate relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But there seemed to be certainly some kind of a block when it came to God as Father. And I, that was back in 1991. And then in 1996, I realized that the blockage was my own father who had abandoned me, who had left. And I realized that I actually hated my earthly father. I hated him with a vengeance. Unforgiveness was preventing me from knowing and having that revelation of God as Father. It was just stopping me, preventing me from all of that. But you know, through a process, through some counseling, through making a decision that forgiveness was more of a decision than a feeling, I got to forgive my dad. And then I, I came to love my dad. Even though he didn't change, the only person who changed was me. I changed. And I want to say to you today that if you're one of those dads and you have failed miserably 
to fulfill the call and purpose of God as a father. Here's the good news. You can start again. It is never too late. And here's the key. The key is repentance. Not just forgiveness and asking forgiveness, but you beginning to make a change. So if you're one of the seven dads that I read out, you can change. You can ask God to help change you. You can start taking steps to correct your behavior. You can become the dad that our Heavenly Father has called you and is equipping you and can equip you to be. You know, within a couple of weeks of me forgiving my dad, I had this revelation of God as Father. So here I was, came to know the Lord 91, 96, five years. Within a couple of weeks, suddenly this, as if heaven opened up and the scriptures opened up for me as God. And one of the scriptures that really opened up was Romans 8, 14. This is what it says. Because those who are led by the Father, those who are led by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received a spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And guys, all I can tell you is, for that moment, I know in my bones. It doesn't mean I feel it every day, but I know deep within the marrow of my bones that I am a child of God, that I am loved, that I am cleansed, that I am forgiven, that I am called, that God has a purpose in my life, that my Father holds my present and my future, that God holds Sean Booth, God holds my grandkids, God holds this church, God holds me. He is in charge, and I can lean back, and I can rest in the arms of my Father. I pray that for you too. I pray that for you today. See, the importance of who I am has been superseded by whose I am. Let, let, let me read that for you again because it's important. The importance of who I am has been superseded by whose I am. And every person who's gathered and listening to this message today, male or female, right across the globe, no matter where you are, no matter where your past is, you can know that. You see, sonship is not about gender. It's about position. And you too can come to know God as Father. Amen. Jesus said in John 6:44, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. The Father was the one who drew us, but it was only Jesus who can reveal the Father to us. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And it is only through Jesus that we can come to know the Father. And Jesus said in, Ma in John 4, 6, he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. So this is Father's Day 2021. The Father is calling you. The Father is wooing you. And now it's over to you. It's your decision. 
You can decide to respond to the Father. You can respond by inviting Jesus into your heart who will build the bridge between you and your Heavenly Father. And if that's you today, and if you want to invite Jesus to be Lord of your life, I want you to, to bow your heads where you are. Wherever you are, just to bow your head and say this prayer with me. My Heavenly Father, today is the day. Thank you that Jesus has made a way for me to know you in a personal, intimate way. I accept that I am a sinner and I need the forgiveness of Jesus. So Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I accept your sacrifice on the cross and believe that you were raised on the third day. Today, I entrust my life to you. And I'm going to leave this place with my Heavenly Father. Today, I've become a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you have said that prayer for the very first time, we'd love you to, to connect and help you take the next step. If you want to go to openarms.ie forward slash connect, and there's a form there, and just tick the box, I've committed my life to Jesus, or perhaps I've recommitted my life to Jesus. And we'll help you take that next step. We'll be in touch with you this week. So now as we finish, let me finish with the blessing that comes from number six. It says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.